Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... And then we started to chat about period products and we thought like, wow, they're actually really quite expensive. If you're on the streets and you're struggling to feed your family, how are you going to prioritize buying period products? We started grappling with this concept of what your life would look like without access to those products. And yeah, we just kind of deep dived into what period poverty looked like and understood how many girls weren't going to school just because they didn't have access to period products. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 338 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Eloise Hall. Eloise Hall is the managing director and co-founder of Taboo Period Products, a social enterprise that sells pads and tampons in Australia, with all profits dedicated to eradicating period poverty. Eloise is completing her combined degree in business and international relations, and is passionate about making structural changes to bridge inequality in our communities. Eloise also serves on the advisory committee for the Adelaide Economic Development Agency and has been recognised as the youngest of Indaily's 40 Under 40 recipients in 2020, a recipient of the Advertisers Woman of the Year Rising Star Award in 2021, and a 2019 Women in Innovation finalist. So Eloise, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Keen to chat. Yeah, us too. So let's let's kick things off by learning a little bit more about your background, Eloise, and what led to your interest and passion in social enterprise. Yeah, totally. Well, I'm 23, so um, there's not a lot of background to give, um, but I grew up in a pretty hardworking home. My parents are both really hard workers. My grandparents are Irish and British immigrants, yep. so um, you know they've worked pretty hard to get, get their families off the ground. Yeah, my mum is a teacher. She's always had a really deep value for education. Mm. Um, and she would, you know, dangle the fact that I was I had a great education. She'd dangle that over my head every every week of the year. So I was always really aware of, I guess, how privileged I was. I never went mm. to bed hungry. I always had a roof over my head. Yeah. So, yeah, always really aware that, that I was one of the lucky ones, I guess, mm. because I also knew how many young people my age just didn't have any access to the, I guess, the, the general human rights that I did. Mm. Um, so I've always been quite enthused to see, I guess, my privilege through in a way that we can have a world that's equal. And when me and my high school best mate Izzy discovered the concept of social enterprise in high school, it felt like this golden ticket of hope. Like, wow, okay, mm. this is this awesome mechanism of structure where we can make sure that you know our world looks more equal as we continue through rather than you know more and more disconnected yeah 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 absolutely and it's it's a great journey because on learning about social enterprise 
You then both went on to co-found Taboo. So tell us a little bit more about this organization, uh, your purpose and the projects that you've been involved in, because it's it's made quite a, a splash in the Australian social enterprise scene. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, so Izzy and I were in high school and we, we came up with the concept of Taboo. And we just, were, yeah, like I said, we're so excited about social enterprise design. We started thinking about all these things that we buy all the time. And, you know, we're thinking about chocolate and coffee and those things that you just have a part of your week. Mm. And then we started to chat about period products and we thought like, wow, they're actually really quite expensive. Mm. You know, if, if you're on the streets and you're struggling to feed your family, how are you going to prioritize buying period products? And yeah. we started grappling with this concept of what your life would look like without access to those products. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we just kind of deep dived into what period poverty looked like and understood how many girls weren't going to school just because they didn't have access to period products. Mm. And all of a sudden this kind of, you know, commodity that we would be buying every month became like we understood how much of an invitation to freedom it was, you know, all these young girls weren't going to school because they couldn't afford pads. We just thought this is so ridiculously unfair. Meanwhile, you know, Aussies spend millions and millions of dollars on period products a year. Yeah. So we almost came up with a solution, um, after, you know, b- before we, we developed that deep uh, heartbreak, I guess, for what period poverty looks like. Mm. So, yeah, soon after high school, we just decided, right, we're going to get this off the ground. Um, so that was about six years ago. And currently, yeah, Taboo is um, a brand of period products in Australia. We're selling in 244 stores and then we've got our online retail store as well. Um, and we've also got a Pad It Forward program so people can buy our product on behalf of someone else and then we redistribute that product across the country to organisations who look after people who are at risk of period mm. poverty. Yep. Um, yeah, but we've been so privileged, uh, mostly through our learning stages of starting the business to shadow some organisations in Kenya and India. Um, we've done... Uh, yeah, we've been so lucky to travel into rural Australia as well and just understand, mm. I guess, exactly what period poverty looks like. It's been, yeah, quite the journey. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you're at the age of 23, you've got five years into Taboo and no doubt, you know, many, many lessons and, and things like that you'd, you'd likely change if you were to do it all over again, right? So let's let's tackle that. If you were to do this journey all over again, Eloise, what would you change and where do you see some of the biggest opportunities in this sort of business ecosystem to better support people like yourself and Izzy in achieving the sort of outcomes that you want to achieve? Yeah, I love this question because I love to think back and think about what I didn't know. Mm. But I also think the naivety we had was one of the biggest strengths we did have yeah. on our side. It's <laughs> a great point. Yeah, like we didn't have analysis paralysis. If we knew what we were getting ourselves into, yeah. there would have been so many more questions. But um, I think with any young people, especially, they're so good at just saying like, well, why not? Why not? So instead of asking why and how, it's more why not? We need a change. We need radical ideas to make radical change. So in some contexts, I wish, you know, I wouldn't want to change anything because if, if we knew what we we know now, you know, things might have looked different. Mm, yeah. But I guess one of the biggest um, gaps was was kind of that advice specifically for social enterprise. So we had some really brilliant mentors that were holding our hand through a lot of 
um, more commercial decisions. Yes. And we also had some awesome leaders in the charitable space that we could look to for advice. And um, yeah, but the as I'm sure everyone who has worked in the social enterprise space knows, it's that awkward gray area and there's so little advice. We often just had to smush all the advice that we got from, I guess, either end of the spectrum together to yes. figure out what decisions we were going to make. So. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that's probably one of the support systems that was lacking a bit. Um, but it is because it's more of a, a new idea and we've got a lot of commercial business people that are still quite uncomfortable with the concept. So I understand why that gap exists, but that would have, yeah, been the opportunity that missed out. Well, hopefully with all the momentum in, in the sector right now, there'll be more opportunities for that sort of support for people like yourselves moving forward, Eloise. So... You've mentioned you're in quite a number of stores now and you, you're on this sort of scaling journey yourselves. So what advice would you be giving to other founders who are looking to also scale their purpose-led enterprise? Yeah, um, scaling is something that we're trying to, you know, work out well at the moment as well. So I'm not sure if I'm in the best position to give this advice. You're in the thick of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think like, you know, every time it seems really hard or, you know, you have those kind of more existential questions. I do just remember that, you know, we, we are paving a new path, so it's going to be hard. And I guess the advice would just to be, what have you got to lose? Like, why not? Um, you know, we're here doing radical things to create radical change, to support people that, you know, need our support. Mm. Um, we just need to keep going. And, you know, that's something that my dad's kept reminding me of as well because, who cares if it fails? You're doing great. You know, mm. just just keep going because, um, you know, I think as a collective, um, as a community, we know that this change needs to happen. So, yeah, I, I think I'm a bit of a believer in, you know, following that energy as well. And if you're really committed to seeing it through, then people will follow. So just keep going. It is hard, but it's worth it. Yeah, it's so true. And you talk about keeping going, right? Let's, let's go to the other sort of end of the spectrum because... Having worked with quite a few different social enterprises now and, and in this space for a little while, there's certainly been this observation that I've had around burnout being just pr quite prevalent in the space for people who just push themselves too hard for too long. Mm -hmm. And I'm keen to hear what sort of steps you take yourself to really, I suppose, keep on top of your mental health and whether you have any practical advice that you give to other founders to help them just stay on top of things and, and make sure that they can keep pushing hard, but within, you know, within the healthy limits. Yeah. Oh, it's, I'm so glad you're bringing this up, Tom, because it is not discussed enough, I don't think. Hmm. Um, yeah, burnout is so real and it's really important that we in the ecosystem look out for each other. Um, I think one of the most practical reminders I give myself is that I'm not meant to know it all and you're not meant to be perfect. Yeah. Um, I think social enterprise is, you know, it's pretty cutting edge and it is quite new. So often you do find yourself in a leadership scenario in some capacity, whether it's just sport leadership or, you know, beyond. And with that, you know, you, you, maybe it's, it's self-prescribed or other people put that pressure on you, but you feel like you need to know all the answers, mm. um, which is just unrealistic. So yeah, one of the most practical reminders I give myself is you're meant to make mistakes. You're not meant to know it all. 
Um, and that simple reminder has been really helpful for me because it also gives me the freedom to, to be myself and be, you know, just relaxed and laid back and have a joke and not take life too seriously. That is really important for me personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in that, just surround myself with people that are willing to, you know, poke fun and have a joke because life is meant to be enjoyed. Mm. Um, yes, you can do important things and it's a really purposeful and powerful way to spend your time, but you do have to sit back and, you know, have a cocktail every now and again, put your feet up, think you're doing well, you're allowed to have a break too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that permission to have a break and that other technique sounds like just a really good way to to um to keep some of the pressure off and to enjoy the journey rather than sort of constantly searching for for that that you know reaching that that big big goal that you might set out to to have at the beginning yeah i'd also say just like be honest talk about when you're having bad mental health days because you know no one no one's happy every single day of the year Mm. so you know it's really nice to share that um experience with other people and really help you to Share, share the burden, burden shared is burden halved or whatever yeah. that saying is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So working in this space now, Louise, I'm sure you've come across a bunch of other interesting projects and initiatives. So which ones have you come across which are really creating some really strong positive social change? Yeah, uh, there are so, so many brilliant organisations running about doing some really phenomenal stuff. Um, I've been really inspired by Clothing the Gap. Um, I know that's it's a bigger name in the social enterprise sphere, but it's just such important work. Um, yeah, and anything in, in that space of Indigenous rights and reconciliation is quite exciting for me. It just makes sense that we're pursuing this movement in Australia that's mm. very far neglected so far. Um, there's another great organisation in SA, Trash, who are um, using this technology to refine agricultural waste and they're kind of creating this new plastic technology. And that's just so exciting to me because they've taken the time to think about what do we want to get rid of and they've got agricultural waste and what's another issue that we can, you know, combat, which is plastic waste and they've kind of transformed this circular economy technology. And, yeah, circular economy makes me really excited because we get to solve two problems at once or more than that even. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, some couple of really great initiatives there and it's great to note that the founder of Clothing the Gaps and yourself will both be speaking at the Social Enterprise World Forum, which is coming up at the end of September in Brisbane. So for any listeners who haven't heard about that, you'll need to grab your ticket and come along and, and hear more from people like Eloise. But to cap things off, Eloise, I'm keen to, to learn a little bit more about the book's or perhaps even blogs or other resources that you'd recommend to our listeners? Yeah. Um, I think my go-to for social enterprise would be Muhammad Yunus, um, World of Three Zeros. Mm. That one just, yeah, that's such a, a Bible for me, I think, in, in terms of how we can actually pursue practical and realistic change in social, yes. with social enterprise. Um but mostly, I have to admit, so my mum's a librarian um, and one of the methods, I guess, in which I escape the pressure of day-to-day is through fiction novels. I love them. So I'd have to say um, I'm reading Everyone in My Family Has Killed Someone or something like that. It's just a hilarious crime fiction. So, yeah, I think it's important to escape through words as well as TV. 
That's such a great point to finish on, Eloise. And look, we'll put links through to both of those books and and the other initiatives that you mentioned into the article so that the listeners can click on through and find out more about those. So, Eloise, thanks so much for being so generous with your insights and time today. It's been a pleasure to chat and we'll look forward to following your journey. Thanks so much, Tom. I'll see you in Brisbane. Look forward to it. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.